0: This is the premise, and I'm your host, Chad Thompson. No, Chad Thompson's host. I'm the host. (laughs) I'm Jennifer Thompson,
1: and I'm Chad Thompson, the host.
0: (laughs) Today on the premise. Chad and I have the honor of speaking with Laura Cathcart-Robbins, host of the Only One in the Room podcast, and her co-host slash producer slash boyfriend, Scott Slaughter. Who I call hun. <laughs> yeah, who, he, who she calls hun, that's right, which I, I, love. I say, hi, honey. Hi. And I love the hats, I love the hats. Mm. So we'll get a picture of you two in your hats for our oh, We're going to send you some hats. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so today we're going to get down to the stories behind scott and laura's storytelling prowess so hello you two and welcome to the premise
2: well hello you guys and thank you so much for having us yeah, oh my thank gosh. you
3: for putting this together
2: yeah yeah i'm just delighted and
0: I, I gotta start and tell our readers how i came to know you laura and mm-hmm. consequently how i totally fell in love with you <laughs> Oh, please, (laughs) please tell that story. Tell me, tell me more. Go on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: It it was 2018. Mm -hmm. I was in my living room. I was on the couch and I was on my phone. And I just stumbled across this article in the Huffington Post that you had written. It was your experience as the only black woman in a sea of women attending a famed writers conference. And that article just touched me to my core. I I just sat there stunned, I was teary-eyed, and I was also really excited because I knew that I had to find you. It it just so happened that I was in the process of launching my own Writers Festival with my co-host Marnie Friedman here in San Diego, and our mission was to ensure that the San Diego Writers Festival was inclusive to everyone. We wanted to shine a light on the importance of feeling included and heard, and so I knew right then and there that I not only did I want to know you. But I had to have you at our event. And not only did you come and share your story on our stage, but you joined our advisory board and you and Scott drove all the way from LA. And I just, <laughs> I just want to thank you for that.
2: Well, um, uh, you're, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing experience for me. Uh, the Writers Festival was so great for a, a variety of reasons for me. But even prior to that, You know, after you read the article and you contacted me, that was, that was one of the first, probably the most, the the most actionable phone calls that I received or Mm -hmm. contacts that I received. You know, a lot of, I did get a lot of messages from a lot of people who connected with the article and enjoyed it. But you actually said, I want to be in the Laura (laughs) Cathcart Robbins business or whatever it was that you said. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and and made good on that and brought me in to be part of this inaugural project that you were doing, which turned out to be amazing. And it was so incredibly cool to be part of that process, the planning process. And I was able to create a panel, um, yeah, which is something yeah. I had never done before.
0: And the panel, which was Black Stories Matter, was mm-hmm. that was your brainchild. And we had four amazing people on the stage. And yes. we're going to do it again this year, I believe. and yeah i was talking to our programming director and yeah i just feel like it's it's so it's it was such a beautiful experience to like go from sitting on my couch reading this article of this incredible woman who's a great writer the the, the article was really well written and you know feeling like I've just felt like drawn to take action and then it happened. Like we live in a world that's incredible. I like, could direct message the stranger and then suddenly yeah. here we are. <laughs> right. So right? that was awesome. Well, you how, you were, how often yeah, does it was
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, how often does it like lead to action as opposed to know, you know right? just being like a Twitter rage or a uh, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm.
0: know, just a- almost a never thumbs for up me. or a heart. Well, yeah. for me too. Yeah, yeah. We're I mean It just happened. I think it was kismet. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, like, that's why I just felt like almost like sparks, like kind of inside of me, like, oh, my gosh, this is an opportunity to, (laughs) you know, do something really big. And and since then, so that was a a little over a year ago, because I think I contacted you in December, but it might have been earlier. I know your article came out in October. It was December. Yeah. Okay. It was before the podcast came out. That's what I was just going to say. So now... Mm Your podcast has been out in the world for a year, and the only one in the room, it's an incredible and a beautiful experience, and I know we're going to talk a lot about that today, but um, it's been going gangbusters. You guys have listeners
2: all over the world. We do. We do. We have listeners in over 87 countries. We actually launched in April of 2019, so it hasn't quite been a year yet. But, That's what um, I Yeah, but we did start recording because we record in batches and then release them one at a time. So we re- we started recording almost a year ago. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, we have listeners in all fifty states. Um, you know, like I said, more than eighty seven countries. We've had over mm-hmm. seventy thousand downloads since we launched, and you know, we're just we're we're really grateful. Um, You're changing lives. It's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, you
0: really I are. Guess.
2: I mean, our lives are changing. You're like, <laughs> we're changing each other's lives. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That happens when yeah, when you launch a podcast together. Ted and I don't know anything about that. Right. (laughs) Right.
3: Well, it begins to teach you. That's what Mm -hmm. happens.
0: Like we feel like we have a
3: we have a great concept and a great story and the more people came back, the more we felt responsible to keep it in motion.
0: Yeah. You know, before we get into the the how and the why of the only one in the room, I just want to give a little shout out to part of your intro. There's this part where you say this podcast is for anyone who has ever felt alone in a room full of people, mm-hmm. which is to say this podcast is for everyone. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I think it I think it says it all. And I mean, you talk to so many people from so many different walks of life. But let's let's tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to launch the only one in the room and how you
2: came up with the name
0: okay give us your background story yeah
2: so um around the time that I wrote that article for the, actually during the time that I wrote that article for HuffPo I was in a podcasting class at the writing pad here in Los Angeles and also kismet Say, yeah, it really. <laughs> and I just, I you know, I just didn't know anything about podcasting and wanted to learn more. And it was a three-hour class for five consecutive Saturdays, and it was way across town. It was almost in San Diego. <laughs> it wasn't really, but <laughs> that's well what I it, right? it might as yeah. well have been. And um, you know, it was super inconvenient. And I, you know, I kind of wonder why we all had to gather in order to do it, but. It was it was the way the class was let you know laid out and one of the projects we had to create a project. Your podcast was a project and one of the first thing we had to do was name it. And the article had just come out and was and was going viral and a lot of the hashtags were coming back. The only one in the room. Wow. And wow. so um, my podcast teacher and I kind of conferred on that and decided that would be the name for my project. Hmm. And so that I, I went through the class, um, I learned a lot. And when our, the, the, the culmination of the class was we got to record a trailer at KCRW, which is a local radio station.
0: Oh yeah, I know. And, you, yeah.
2: yeah, and uh, I posted a picture of myself uh, recording the trailer. And I said, recording the trailer for my new podcast, the only one in the room or something like that. And uh, a longtime friend of mine contacted me then his name is Josh Levine. He has a podcast called Rebel, The Rebel Radio Podcast um, at Rebel Radio Net. Shout out to Josh. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I, I'd like to be a guest on your podcast. Wow, cool. And I was like, I don't know if I'm actually doing a podcast. Is this real? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess this and, is real. Right? And so he, he kind of convinced me to – um to give it a try. And he said, I have somebody that I'd like you to meet with. Her name's Alison Marino. She has a podcast network. It's all female. It's called lipstick and vinyl.
0: Wow. Um, I yeah. think you
2: guys would really hit it off. So around that time I turned to Scott, I think Scott and I were watching TV in bed and I said, you know, if I do this, you'd have to produce it for me. And he's, you know, he kind of squirmed a little and then he's like, Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll do that together.
0: I love and that we're
2: watching TV in
0: bed. Like that's a yeah. Visual. We actually do that
3: quite often. Quite often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's one of the treats we get. We're like that Long old day. married couple.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Great. not quite. Well, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> we're not old or married, no, but yeah. we're like them. We, we don't want to Wait a minute. No. Yeah.
0: There's no old people involved yeah. in this. Vodka. No,
2: no, no. So anyway, so, so that was that was it. I we met with Allison. Um, Scott said yes to producing. And um, then we started working on launching it.
0: God, I mean, Scott, did you have any idea what you were getting into?
3: I had no idea. It sounded like a really cool title. So I was yeah. like, sure.
0: You're like, all right. <laughs> I'll Podcasting
3: that. and um, producer be sound great. It yeah. Sounds really interesting. That's awesome. Well, but, you know, I knew um, I knew the idea was important. And mm-hmm. um, we had kind of been looking for something that we could do together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and branding her as a writer.
2: Um
3: it does seem to be part of that as well. So we just jumped in and I started saying yes
2: after mm-hmm. squirming a little bit. After squirming. Yeah. He does everything nice. I don't want to do.
3: That's my job title. Yes.
2: <laughs> so I get to just like totally be the creative. Right. And I do the research and the pre interviews and the all the interview prep and 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 I get the guests. And mm-hmm. he does the website. He does the the photographs. He does the um what else do you do uh, you artwork. do a lot
3: the artwork yeah, the merchandise yeah
2: he did yeah. the um the, yeah the, the hats, logo the t-shirts. and the, yeah, yeah all the merchandise yeah, yeah, the
3: website is quite so i've learned about all that stuff nice kind of kicking and screaming a little bit along the way but mm-hmm. i'm always really proud of it when it's done
2: that's awesome. yeah. Chad yeah chad doesn't he know he does a beautiful that.
3: job
0: yeah you really Chad do. doesn't know anything about that <laughs> he doesn't know anything about uh, any of this yeah
3: I was telling Chad before the interview that how I was admiring his setup at the Writers' Festival.
2: Um, oh, yeah. And
3: now I have a similar setup after a year. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah.
2: You so, mean the AV staff? The, all the AV right. staff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. AV he
3: looks so like honed in. I was like, I want to be like that one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. One yeah, day right? has arrived. Yeah. yeah. If, Scott, if someone had told you, I don't know, 10, even five years ago, that you'd be the, the co-host on a podcast... Where you put yourself out there and you allow yourself to be so emotionally open and vulnerable, would you have believed them?
3: Um, no, actually I don't think I knew quite what a podcast was five years ago, to be honest. Yeah, well, with that's
0: me. a good point. Right.
3: <laughs> and I didn't know what a what a, a platform it was for uh telling stories, for telling narratives. So mm-hmm. um it seemed like after watching Laura write for a while and then I, I saw the storytelling evolvement and then the podcasting presented itself in a way that it seemed like whatever we got to do to make this happen mm-hmm. we'll, we'll try it and see and we kind of gave it I don't even know if we gave it a timeline but we said let's just go for it we said a year and let's then it. It, and, and then people like you um were saying all along like how you admired it and people were mm-hmm. felt like it was important and I think that adds weight to what you're doing so um, sure, it's,
0: yeah.
3: it's just been a yes yes man kind of thing
0: <laughs> I know it's not fair to choose favorites when it comes to your babies. And I, I think of the podcast, you know, the episodes as your babies, but can you give us like your top three highlights, things that surprised you or changed your outlook in any way?
2: Um, well, I think Rebecca Gayhart Dane's episode was um, definitely the most emotionally challenging Mm, totally yeah um you know she's she's been a longtime friend of mine as well and she and i never talked about the accident you know where she was driving the car and then and then killed that young boy um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i obviously i knew about it the whole world knew about it and i knew that everybody had tried to get her to talk about it um you know in, in in public and in interviews and she had declined and so when I kind of approached her about doing it, um, we went back and forth for quite a few weeks. And I was absolutely like, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that, that you wouldn't want to do. But mm-hmm. this would be, you know, and um, I would be a safe space for you to do this. I would take really good care of your story. Mm. Um, and even still, Scott and I were not at all sure that she was going to come in and actually talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. she came in, um, but we weren't, we weren't sure she was going to talk about what happened and, um, and she did. And, you know, it was, you could, no one was breathing, you Mm -hmm. know, the, the whole time she was talking, it was, it was just like, I've never been so caught up in the moment and holding my breath. And as soon as she got through the story and started talking about, um, you know, the, the, the piece that she's found um, in her foundation working with the homeless in downtown Los Angeles, you could feel the release of the tension in the room. And because mm. it's so genuine for her and the accident was, you know, 19 years ago now, and she's been doing this for 18 years working um, with, with uh, Chrysalis Foundation.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, so that was definitely, that was, that was the hardest one going into. That was the most emotional For me um the second one was gloria allred Mm -hmm. we um she just came out too yeah that that one came out in um, at the end of august oh i just listened to it recently Yeah, i was like i feel like it was just yesterday (laughs) actually it came out the first week of september we did it at the end of august and uh, she, uh, I, we have a, I have a friend who did a documentary on her life who offered to connect us very generously um, mm-hmm. from, for the podcast. And, you know, we, we, I tried to, I chased her to book her for a very long time and she would say yes. And then she would cancel and she was uh, very like, busy lady, yeah, busy and to the point mm-hmm. um, I watched her, uh, you know, doing other interviews. I listened to her other interviews with podcasts and I was quite intimidated And when she finally showed up, it was very similar to Rebecca. I just didn't even know she was going to show up though. Mm -hmm. And when she did, it was like, no one was breathing. (laughs) Everybody was on their, their a game trying not to do or say anything that, that might make the interview go left. And I had some, it was awesome. Yeah. And I, 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 I had a couple of questions that were, were uh, not controversial, but I needed to ask her about some controversial, controversial subjects. And Mm -hmm. So I was I was intimidated and I was scared. Um, but you getting, didn't show it at all. It didn't. That, that never no, she didn't. Through. Did she? No, not at I all. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Oh well, thank you, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell.
3: You knew, yeah, but I couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't tell if you didn't
2: know. You. <laughs> That's he knew, really, yeah. but because he knows but yeah. you. But yeah, but as a listener, yeah, we had no idea. Yeah, I, I thank you, thank you. And then um, probably um, my most. I don't know if I can say it's my most enjoyable because so many of them were enjoyable, but the one that was the easiest for me was um, my my writing um, um, group partner, Amy Bond, who was the only sex worker turned attorney. Hmm. Um, that was such, I know so much about her life because we're in a, a writing group. We meet monthly and I know her story. She's writing a memoir and it's going to be made into a movie. It's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. And and she came in and told it so beautifully. And it was really just like having a conversation. Yeah. It didn't even feel like an interview to me. What about your you, hon?
0: Yeah.
3: You, yeah. what, what are my favorites? Yeah. I can never yeah. do it as elegantly as she did.
0: But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she, no one I think asks the, you to be elegant. Go right ahead. No, yeah. no, no.
3: <laughs> I, I don't try to be. Um, <laughs> you know, um, of course, Rebecca's was really powerful for sure. I had never met her and... Uh, Uh, I think I was the most nervous. But I I really enjoyed – I kind of like the ones I get through and feel good afterwards, and I think Cookie Johnson.
2: Oh, yeah, that was great.
3: um, uh, Magic Johnson's wife was one of the most enjoyable ones for me just because uh, I thought she was going to show up with an entourage. She had such a story. Mm -hmm. but Then she came in and she was so approachable. um, Nice, yeah. And um, and so loyal and so honest. And uh, I just – I literally felt like we could have gone to dinner or gone to lunch afterwards and it would have just been a longer conversation. Um, right, yeah. And it was a fantastic issue. Um, um, Tamika Raymond's uh, episode about her, her son.
2: Yeah, Kyle. Uh,
3: Kyle, yeah. That was another one that literally had, um, her son died in a boating accident when he was 11. Um, and I think emotionally that was one of the, like that was that was important to me because I felt like the message we wanted to send was that you could move past this, that it is right. such a yeah. devastating experience that we all fear it. I don't think we even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And here was um, Tamika had experienced it, um, hadn't let go of it, but yet had found space for it. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the, the idea behind the only one in the room is when you listen to it, you feel alone. And when mm-hmm. you're over, when it's over, you feel a part of something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You're no longer alone. That's right.
3: Yeah. And that's what, um, I think that's really how we're trying to join people. Um, ironically, the the episode scared a lot of people. Um,
2: Mm. Well, the title did.
3: The title did. And we got a lot of feedback of people, parents or mothers who were were afraid to listen to to it. So we ended up really, um,
2: We re-released it, um, in September during our season, between our season, um, our second season and our third season. And, and she really, just talked about it and asked people to to kind of give it a chance because,
3: mm-hmm. because it was of inspiring. what Scott
2: said, it is inspiring. And it, and she, you know, she didn't move past it, but she she is moving through it all mm-hmm. the time. And sure. the way she talks about her son is pretty amazing. And she's she's another longtime friend of mine. I've known her since we were in our early twenties, and so mm-hmm. I knew her story pretty intimately. Um. But it was, it was yet – she had not talked about it to mm-hmm.
3: the world yet either. And when she spoke about it, she, had, she almost took on a completely different persona than when she walked into the room.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, and
3: then I really enjoyed John Ridley, the, the yeah. director.
2: Um, yeah, the writer director. Yeah, yeah. He,
3: was, he was just a lot of fun. Again, he came in – I was really intimidated by this, you know, award-winning writer and director. Um, and I ended up just really enjoying asking him about his family – kind of music he liked what Mm he liked to do for fun
0: right have a real conversation have
3: a real yeah take him out of his normal conversation which is kind of my thing especially the bigger they are uh it feels like the more human i can get with them the more comfortable i am with the whole situation so
0: yeah Uh, you know at what point did you guys realize that this is going to work like you made a good choice
2: we haven't realized that yet. <laughs> You're not there yet. It well, okay. might have been when you
3: opened up this podcast and complimented right, us. I was yeah. like, oh, we're doing pretty oh, good, aren't we?" This
2: is it. We just yeah. we just made, made it. We've arrived. What does oh. success look like? Um, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm. I mean, I said that in jest, but I don't know if I'm actually joking. I. I think we are still giving it a shot. You know, we're going to invest at least two years into this mm. and see what happens. Um, you know, there's there's monetary success, which I think if we're going to measure our podcast with met monetary success, we're we're not going to be successful for a mm-hmm. while, right? right. Um, and then, as far as like downloads and listeners, as an independent podcast, it's um. You know, it's it every 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 download's a triumph. <laughs> you know? Right? right. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> every every listener is a triumph. So like, that's Yay, another listener. Yeah. I mean we get great guests. That's that's amazing. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're successful in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 operate in integrity. We we keep on message and on brand. Um, we haven't compromised that for the sake of getting anyone or you know, to promote anything. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's a mark of success, but I don't know that we've looked at each other and said, yes, mm-hmm. this is working. I, yeah.
3: think, I think the way I measure success at this point is when somebody comes back to me and, and has had a real connection with the story,
0: mm.
3: Uh when they're, when they're, uh, that's
0: they're moved, yeah, they're yeah. moved
3: by it. Um, the same way I envisioned it when, mm-hmm. when, before it was told, I think that, um, I think that I see that as all the success in the world, and if we can recreate, the more we can recreate that experience. Um, yeah, I think the more successful yeah. we feel. So um,
2: totally. that
3: that's kind of been the gauge. I think, like anybody who gets into podcasting, when you first get into it, it becomes very much like how many people downloaded, how much, how much attention <laughs> are we getting, and then that mm-hmm. wears off because you realize how how long a race you're really in, mm-hmm. which I think allows. Has allowed us to concentrate on the content and the and mm-hmm. the process more than the results.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
1: So you, you mentioned earlier that you were part of a uh, like a podcasting group,
2: a, a like class. Lipstick. Yeah, well, not well, the, not the, class, the, oh, the, network, the bi- network. The network. Yes, yes.
1: How How has that uh, helped your your podcast? As far uh, as it's interesting
2: and- because for most of so we're the only original podcast that was created um, with Allison's help um, for the network, all the other ones she acquired. And basically she sells advertising for them. That's basically what it means for the rest of the podcasts on, podcasts on the network. Hmm. But for us, we we went into kind of a production deal with her. And she brought in um, uh, Christina Barcy, who is uh, our beloved executive producer, um, to produce, to do the physical production of the podcast. And Allison was kind of like an umbrella for bouncing ideas off and, um, you know, the creative part of it. And so that's how we launched um, with that. But uh, the way it continues now is is more of, um, I feel like we just kind of have a community with them. Um, sorry, I'm getting a note. <laughs> I'm getting a note here. We're going to shout out lipstick and vinyl. Yeah, we are. Lipstick and vinyl.
3: It's Allison's company.
2: I don't yeah. have. Whoop, whoop, yeah. Give us I need my glasses yeah. to read anything. So it's, I didn't have them on. Um, but no, seriously, shout out lipstick and vinyl. Allison Marino's um, amazing. And she's taken really good care of our product and our brand and allowed us to keep the integrity that I talked about, um, never asking us to do anything that might compromise it or sacrifice it.
3: I th- and I'll just add to it real quick. I think one of the things we look for as podcasters is sponsorship, right? We want to right, see that right. um, we're getting some bones along the way. Um, and I think Allison, being, being close with a, a company like Allison's has given us opportunity to actually have sponsorship on the program, which makes us feel legit and gives us hope for, you know.
2: Yeah, and she yeah. got a sponsorship from the very first from the beginning. From the first episode, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had, um, I mean, yeah, we had to go back and put it in. But as soon as we launched the trailer, she mm-hmm. had advertisers for us.
0: And well, I think and the that thing about have... that is like, okay, yeah, we now are committed. We have to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. right? There's yeah. no backing <laughs> out now.
3: It's true. <laughs> it's true. But it actually adds so much more momentum every time you sign somebody new and,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I don't know, sitting down to cut a bunch of. Uh, sponsorship, like advertising, is pretty fun. Totally. adds a new level to the creativeness, you know?
0: Yeah. And I love the way you've chosen to banter with each other, you know, talking about those those sponsors. It's great that it's in your voice.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's in her voice. (laughs) It's in my voice.
2: I I write them all, but... (laughs)
0: She's
3: actually no. everything
2: I'm saying today. She's
3: actually written out.
2: Yeah, this is, if he no, goes off script, I'm hitting him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I write out the copy, but but we're going to start doing more kind of spontaneous. It's just sometimes when we're we're clipped for time, mm-hmm. it's easier to have a script because you know if we if we don't mention something or we mention too much or something and we go over, then we're in trouble. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. right, yeah, right. right. Well, you know, I asked you a little bit ago about your favorites. And, and I actually have a favorite that I'd like to talk about if you're if you're okay yeah, with that. Please. So, Sharone Little, episode 30. Oh, yeah. I, I just f- fell yeah, in love with Sharone. Yeah. What yeah. were you going to say? Sharone.
2: Sharone. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but yes, yeah, so,
2: so you fell in love with her.
0: Yeah, I mean, her her story was so an inspirational, and she was just so open and honest, and I just loved her voice in every way. And, you know, for our listeners, she was a single mom raising two boys, and, you know, she managed to get her doctorate mm-hmm. and pay attention to her profes- professional career and make that important in her life, you know, as well as raise two boys. But I also want to give a shout out to her because she has a book coming out this year, I believe, The Perpetual yes. Surveillance of
2: Black Men, which I yes. plan to buy. Yes, me too. I'm I, really excited about it. I'm really excited. She has two books coming out. She does. Um, What's the other one? There's one, one um, from Diapers to Dissertations. That's right. Yes, yeah. that's right. And then the, yeah, <laughs> and you know, and she yeah, she's, she's incredible. I'm so glad that she's mm-hmm. your favorite. And I'm going to make sure she listens to this so she can hear it.
0: Well, she, we're going to have to get her to come down to the Writers Festival.
2: Well, that's what I was thinking. She she will. She'll totally come down. And you know, her boys raising two boys is one thing. She raised twin boys, yeah, that's which right. is a whole nother thing. I you know, my boys were a year apart, and that was really hard. But it it's not quite the same as raising twins. Yeah. Um, on your own, I can imagine. So, yeah. She, Definitely! Shout out to Shirani. Shirani, yes, Shirani. 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 And, you know she's
3: so. She was so I was gonna
1: smart. I going to stay away from that.
0: <laughs> no, sure. no, yeah. no, Bring it. You can edit that out. Later, yeah.
3: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> don't. Shirani. Laura sings a song for that.
2: I, I just did
0: it.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. That's in it. That's it. Though. What There's, were you going to say, on
3: Oh, yeah. I just yeah what that, were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say she was so fun because she's so smart. She is yeah, such a so smart, she's oh my god! So gosh. lovely to talk to. She she really mm-hmm. listens to everything and responds in a way that, I, like I think I said on the show, it makes you want to be a part of the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Not Absolutely. many people are doing that these days. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, and you know, going back to the perpetual surveillance of Black men, you know, she's she's helping to start and continue the conversation that's so important. I mean, she was talking about this moment in the podcast where, where she said, you know, how Black men and other people who feel othered are surveilled and basically how they're under this sense of constant watch and you know, mm-hmm. and how how that in, that changes your innate behavior. And there's this moment where she said, you know, when my boys go out at night, I always tell them, you know, make sure you have your license out. Make sure your hands are visible. And, you know, as a listener, my heart was just breaking because, Mm. you know, that's just, that story needs to be heard on such a large scale. You know, we've, and and the only way we're going to make change in this country and and be reminded that we need greater empathy is to hear stories like Sharani's. So that for me was like- Really, it was. I just loved that episode. In fact, I would listened to it twice because <laughs> mm. I because I just you know love her voice and like her intelligence and you know everything about her. She's a mover and a shaker. And the two of you met in. You were both.
2: We were both on the board. The, on the, the we're board. board. Yeah, we our, our our kids went to the same school, the Buckley mm-hmm. School, which is in Sherman Oaks. It's a K through twelve, mm-hmm. and um, we I was on the board. Of the school and we were looking for new board members I was determined to have another (laughs) black woman because I was of course the only black person on the board at the time and I um, found her we became friends over the summer in the in the gym with a basketball practice. Oh, wow. And I was like, I have have a job for you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I was like, you have to come. Well, for I, you know, actually you can't do that when you're on the board. You have, there's a committee that does that. So I had to go back to them and recommend her and then had to be voted on. And then they approached her. So um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing, but she said, Mm. yes, thank goodness. And Mm. then we served on the uh, diversity equity and inclusion committee as co-chairs for a number of years together and, and I fell in love with her too. I mm. just, I I don't know what I would have done without her during that time. I learned so sure. much from her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tell us about that experience of, you know, being in Shorman Oaks in a mostly mm-hmm. white school for, you know, you as a, as a parent and you have two boys and you are a single mom as well, isn't
2: is not right. I was for part of the time. Yeah, I yeah. mean my my husband and I my ex-husband and I got divorced um 11 years ago and my okay. kids are 20 and 21 now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So they were for for a uh, you know probably the first major part of their their elementary school if equivalent. <laughs> um we were together. And then like around junior high high school um he and I were were divorced so um I actually honestly have never felt like a single mom because my ex-husband and I um have parented them together.
0: Nice. That's that's beautiful.
2: Yeah. That's a real gift. It. it is a real gift. It is a real gift. However, um he's white and so my kids are mixed race but they look like they're black and mm-hmm. uh, You have beautiful boys by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think yeah. so too. They're very handsome. <laughs> they are. Um <laughs> And, you know, that, that experience there was just an extension of all the other only oneness that I had experienced all my life. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I know very well how to do it. Um, I'm very well versed at um, acclimating and code switching and adjusting. And um, I, I, I do it without thinking about it. It's automated. And yet it is exhausting, um, especially when uh, because my children were involved. And anything that involves my children is emotional. Sure. For me, mm-hmm. so to have to consistently advocate for them to have a, an equal space, an equal playing field, and a level space mm-hmm. in which to participate and learn and grow was that was exhausting, and to do it alone is um, very lonely.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you when I first met you, you talked a lot about equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really. Yeah. You know that really resonated with me, and the fact that you've always been an advocate for equity. You know, I think that comes from the fact that you've had to navigate this space, yeah, and, and to find a way for your boys to navigate it and to
2: flourish in this world. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, equity really just means that each child has an equal chance mm-hmm. to um, to embrace and learn from and grow with the same opportunities that are available to everyone. And just because a child is in an environment doesn't mean that he has an equal chance or she has an equal chance or they have an equal chance. Um, There, there needs to be attention paid to that Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. ensure it. And that's, that's what equity means. Like my kids both had um, my, my older son had a really has really severe dyslexia and, you know, uh, written assessments were not a, a, an accurate um, assessment of, Mm -hmm of what he knows or what he knew. right? So for him to get a reader to read him his tests so that he could then either speak back the answers or write them out, that mm. leveled the playing field for him. That, that created equity for him. Mm. Then he could be judged the way, and what he knew, he knew, right? Mm-hmm. If he didn't know it, he didn't know it. Yeah. But, but to judge him without properly assessing what he knew was, was unfair. So that's well, how- the kind of thing I fought for.
0: Absolutely. And that's so important because how many kids go through life with that same disadvantage, but mm-hmm. their parents don't even know it's possible to ask for that kind of help. They're just like, well, right. this is your lot in life. This is what yeah. you get. Yeah, My little sister was and is dyslexic and she really struggled. In fact, um, you know, she didn't do well because of it. You know, it was a time when mm-hmm. we didn't have that kind of equity.
2: Yeah. I and mean, learning differences are one of the things that we try to provide an equal space for on mm-hmm. At the board level, you sure. know that's I'm still on the board. My kids, oh yeah, you know, long They're. gone. <laughs> <laughs> but you still have work to do.
0: Yeah, I do. I have a meeting next week there.
1: <laughs> and ruling with an iron fist.
0: Nice. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Um. So I'm going to come back to the two of you. I know your relationship origin story, which, by the way, was an incredible bonus episode. How we Aww. met in rehab and fell in love. I mean, the title alone. You must have gotten yeah. a lot of comments on that like what Uh, (laughs) wait what
3: (laughs) i think a lot of endearment people were like oh yeah i was yeah
0: Yeah. but so it came out december 24th 2019 and i'm not going to get into your personal story here mainly because i want listeners to just go listen to it but i gotta say it was awesome and at the end of that episode i was in tears um, that mm. was your fault, Scott. Yes, it way. was.
3: You're welcome. And,
0: <laughs> but and, and shout out to Dr. Tro- Troy Byers. Is that right? Oh, that right? yes. She really it, huh? Yeah, she killed she, it. I she love She killed her. it. She did an incredible job interviewing you too. And I mean, that was real. You really went there. Mm-hmm. How yeah. how was that for you? Having the tables turned on your own show.
3: I really liked it.
0: Mm, <laughs> I did. That's because, cool. I like well, that answer. We, we've
3: told our story a lot. We've had a lot mm-hmm. of people in our lives that we find that it's important that they understand our story mm-hmm. and how we met and what it's based in. But it's it's different when somebody asks you questions on air about it um, mm-hmm. and, and you give equal space. And, and And Troy sees us, I think, from the beginning. She's really admired what we have. And so she had a sense of curiosity and uh, respect. And, and we kept calling her doctor, which I think a lot elevated her in the room a little.
0: <laughs> she was so good. She has such good questions. But you know what else that I really liked about her was she brought understanding and some, you know, she sort of educated you about, you know, like your love language, for example. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I thought that was really cool and kind of empowering, too. Mm-hmm. It was pretty neat.
2: So, yeah. She, yeah, she was, she was, she was wonderful. You know, having an episode that kind of gave our origin story and, mm-hmm. and was a little bit more personal about um, Scott and I was something that Scott had been wanting to do for a really long time. And I had been putting it off. Mm, um, interesting. And yeah. he, he, he was just really, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see the feedback that he gets um, versus the feedback that I get. And a lot of the feedback that he was getting was that people loved our story. Mm. Um, and a lot of the feedback that I was getting was that people just loved the stories. Like either the stories I was writing, it didn't feel as personal. It's not like I love your story about, I, just, I love the story about, you know, whatever it was that I wrote about, you know, my good, my ex-husband married my friend and now they have a baby. Like people love that story, Right. but they didn't, it doesn't come across as being as personal. So mm-hmm he he was hearing over and over again, we want to hear more about your story. And I just he didn't know it. if people really cared. Yeah. Did, it, um, yeah. did it
0: also though, I mean, Laura, were you afraid to like put that out there on the podcast and like turn it into something about you instead of, you know, the people that you were highlighting? Was there a
2: fear there? <laughs> I don't know if I would call it a fear. I think that I, I just wanted to be really smart about mm-hmm. um, how we presented ourselves. And I just wasn't sure that that would be something that would be smart to do at this time. I knew it was something that we should do eventually, hmm. but I just didn't know. I was trying to be strategic. Um, yeah. And then the way it came about, it seemed really organic and it seemed like it was the right time. And, you know, we were, we wanted to do something with um, Troy anyway, because she was our second episode ever. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and therefore possibly not as much listened to as some of the other episodes Mm-hmm. um and in her story is so incredible and she's she and i were actually pregnant with our oldest together like right and yeah she's another one that i've known <laughs> since i was in my 20s you've so. surrounded
0: yourself unknowingly <laughs> with your future
2: podcast guests. good job i, I sure did
3: She is, she's incredibly
2: connected. resourceful and connected yes, yes i have a large you know, resource of people
0: but, you know, you you have so much heart and, you know, that, that word equity kind of comes back into it. I think you surround yourself with people who are like-minded and who are going, you know, navigating the same waters and going through life with the same purpose, mm, right? Yeah. And so it makes sense that you know all these powerful women. It doesn't surprise me at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was just, um, it was perfect to have her come back and do that interview and to release it on Christmas Eve. Um, just, you know, for that was a, cool, as a gift, way, a little gift. Yeah, <laughs> a it gift. felt like a it gift. was a gift You're for Scott.
3: It right. yeah, was well, favorite movie is Love Actually. So I thought yes. we put a little is romance it really? into it. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I love
2: that movie. It's, so movie good. it's my favorite oh, holiday geez. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Chad. But wait, Chad's check that. this out, Chad. Feel you, Chad. Scott took me and my mom to see Love Actually live for Christmas this year. <laughs> Really and sat Take in the months. middle of us.
3: Yeah, yeah. Kiss wow. it's really ass.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I've just you broken down
3: points. over the years. It's not one of my favorite. I'm, I'm sitting there watching the movie, thinking. I don't know if there's a better Christmas movie out there. Yeah, <laughs> so, you love it, what, is uh, it right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Die Hard. Die.
2: Die. Oh, Die, die hard. Hard's really good I'm, too. I'm so
3: done with the Die Hard.
2: Yeah, there's well, no Die Hard live. <laughs> no,
1: How they about Gremlins Two? Also a Christmas movie. Okay. I, can, I can get down
2: with the Gremlin. <laughs> oh I didn't see gosh. that. Oh, those you are the, know, little, the little creatures, right? Came I haven't seen I didn't see any
0: of those. Yeah, yeah. The, Chad looked at me. He's like, Why, You haven't seen Gremlins too?" <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say Love Actually is right up there for me. <laughs> yeah. I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Aww. yeah.
3: Um, well, I think uh, I also felt like it was important for people who were listening. Because what we were noticing throughout the year, so we're getting a lot of people coming back over and over. And, you know, Laura and I will talk a little bit about us in a way that has no backstory, and I just felt it was sure. a nice way for um, our audience to get to know us a little better and understand.
0: Yeah, um, get the backstory.
3: Yeah, get the backstory of, of, of why this thing came together. Not just two people got bought a yeti mic and said, "Let's do this." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which you know, that's part of it too, right? Uh Well, I think that, you know, that episode is going to be a a Netflix um, series (laughs) in three years. I totally like, Uh as it was coming together in the moment, like, I kind of don't want to reveal it to the listeners, but just this one moment where Scott showed up on your doorstep Mm -hmm. and you reached out and hugged him and said, okay, this is my man. I was like, Yes, right. You know, like <laughs> that moment in the movie where, like, you know, the hero's journey, where like it's gonna happen, they're gonna yeah. make it, yeah. And
3: it, and it gets the the it's, it's a good ending. You're like rooting yeah. for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally,
0: I was totally yeah. rooting for you. It feels
3: like we need more of that these days too, right? The Don't
0: good we, ending. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, we need to hear about the muck and the mud and the blood. Not necessarily in that order, but right. we also need the we also need the inspiration and the good ending. We
3: need That's hope. right. We need hope. I think is what it boils down to.
0: That's right. That is so true. Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you what has been your biggest challenge in this journey, in the podcasting journey? Yeah, in the podcasting journey, and you know that may have to do with you know just keeping your relationship solid. I mean, just you know. In life, in the journey of the podcast,
2: I I think probably, and I may be speaking for both of us here, um, is that I am very satisfied while working. Um, I I get up and my mind is going, and I get right into my office and mm. and start working on my whatever I'm working on, the research or the writing or whatever, and I'm you know, while I'm doing the podcast, I'm also writing articles. I I have one another one coming out in HuffPo on the 20th of this month. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm just trying to keep as much content out there as possible. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and, and the work, the, the way I work, I can kind of do it all day, every day, not literally all day. I, you know, I take breaks, but I'll just go back in my office and continue working. And, and Scott, Scott is that like I said in the episode, he is a stop and smell the roses guy. Right. And you know, we were literally driving home yesterday, and he's stopped at a stop sign. And I'm like, "What? Like, why are you still here?" <laughs> <laughs> and there was a tree in front of us that was changing colors, and he was admiring it. And that that kind of push pull with us. I'm, you know, very type A, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what type you are.
3: Yeah. <laughs> in the moment your
2: type in the moment Uh um so i i think that's probably the biggest challenge of working together but it's also um you know because because otherwise if if he weren't doing this with me i'd be busy without him and i think that would be much harder for our relationship
0: right yeah you know it's kind of the same with with Chad and I, I get that. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes we'll be at dinner. And I find us talking about deadlines and work. Mm -hmm. And how do you guys keep the topic away from work? How do you ensure that it's Usually I protest. Yeah, you protest. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound
3: familiar at all. (laughs) Yeah. It's a dead Midna-
1: Midnight Jennifer's going on about something or another that happened
3: in the office. I'm like, oh, can we just give uh, it a that. rest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, Chad. I think um, for me, I think one of the things that is probably the hardest thing. Like I have a tendency to want to equate time together um, as work time or, or personal time. And, and they don't you want to divide it yeah they, I, they, I want a, a division between the two mm-hmm. they don't cross lines for me um and Laura's very happy being right next to my, you know. So I'm parallel trying to, play. Yeah, parallel play. So I'm trying to adapt myself to that idea that parallel play, uh, like work is parallel play, but I do love just being with her without deadlines or the phone or a post on Instagram or look how many likes we got or <laughs> you know? Um it's And it's not uh,
1: like work is entirely unfun.
3: No. It's
2: actually supposed really to be creative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of his love languages. It's quality time. That's his number yeah. 1. Yeah. And my, mine is acts of service.
3: They they, mm-hmm. conf, they conflict a little.
2: So if, you know, <laughs> he brings me a cinnamon roll while I'm working, it's like yeah. here, here, that's it, right? That's it. That's all I need. Well,
3: I think the confusion comes when I added a bunch of pictures for something, and she sees that as an act of service, and I'm like, "That's mm-hmm. just me working." Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's great. Uh-huh.
3: So we're trying to define that. We're trying to make that, uh, and we try to exclude some time each year, uh, each each month or two, where we we just have time for one another, where we kind of mm-hmm. put everything
0: aside. And we do good. We, we go good. off the grid. Mm-hmm. You have to give yourself boundaries. Yeah. You know, I don't
1: know. We went to the mountains and I still brought recording gear. So that's true. Wow, I don't know if really? I'm very good at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He hiked 19 miles up into the mountains. With oh, that's awesome. Gear. I was like, wow, Chad. It was, wow. you really want to carry all that? You know, we need water too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was water at the source. So there you go. You know, I have to say, you know, Chad and I have been married 20 years. We've been in business together for 16 years. Ugh. <laughs> I know It's crazy. I personally feel like being in business has cemented our intimacy. It has mm-hmm. made our relationship stronger because we do share so many common commonalities. You know, we have the same goals, we have the same day, we have the same
1: exasperations.
0: <laughs> Will. yeah, I might be exasper- exasperating sometimes, but I, I don't know. I feel like because we've had the the honor of working together, it's really helped our relationship and I I I see that it's kind of a um I don't know it's such a special thing to have a kind of kind of relationship that you can work together and still love each other at the end of the day
2: I I completely agree and you know it's something that um in in the 12-step program that Scott and I are in there's there's a process by which you guide other people through it and I, I happen to be guiding several women through the 12-step the process. And one of the things I caution them about, especially my, the, the ones that are married or, or kind of, or I had been cautioning about, is, is working with their um, spouses. Mm. And I was like, I think you should probably keep that separate. separate. But I didn't yeah. have any experience with that. Mm-hmm. And now that I do, um, I will probably change my tune not like encouraging it but taking it like on a case by case basis because for sure. us i i echo your sentiment it is absolutely it, it's it's part of the intimacy mm-hmm. for us i think
3: yeah i think i'm learning it and i really appreciate jennifer you saying that that um it's it's if i can just shift my perception on it a little bit and when i do shift my perception on it i do find that we are very fortunate and lucky to be able to share the same vision on, on something together.
0: Well, and and let's be clear too, it's not like you have a car lot, right? I mean right. you <laughs> What the hell does that mean? Well what I mean is like if we were going if we were going and selling cars every day, you know, It'd be used different. cars. Yeah. yeah. We're doing something that I think is inspiring and changing the world. And so the beauty of the very nature of the job itself this type of a podcast, I mean, the only one in the room, really, I just, it's incredible, the people you talk to. And each time you interview someone, I imagine that you both change just a little bit for the better.
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, in, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely. And you get to do now. that
0: together. I mean, mm-hmm. what what a beautiful journey. And, and for Chad and I, I mean, we work with, you know, Monkey See Media. We work with authors and people who are passionate about something, and they want to change the world, and we get to help facilitate that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing something beautiful. So I guess I guess, I just want to say to our listeners, if you plan on going and opening a used Carla, it might not be a great experience, but I don't know. Maybe it will be. Like, I, <laughs> who am I to say, right? Right. We'll but, see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. You'd let us know, right, mm-hmm. listener? Just let us know. I come
2: buy a car from you. <laughs> I'm <know> about you. <laughs> So, we'll yeah. Go. At, what were you going to say? No, I, I was just going to. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say we'll
0: see you again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk about used cards on the next time that we meet,
2: Laura. Yes? What did you have for breakfast today? Uh, <laughs> actually, my first meal. Um, I I was doing intermittent fasting today. Oh, you so were. My first meal was mm. at two o'clock and I had three tacos. Now our <laughs> listeners are like, why did she ask
0: that question? So I I love how you ask people, the first thing you ask them is what, what they had for breakfast. So talk to us about how you came to decide to ask your guests what they had for breakfast, why you made that choice, and
2: and how it's been. Well, it, thank you for asking that. It actually originated <laughs> in my podcasting class. Oh, when, we, okay. when we did the trailer, um, Anna Scott, shout out to her. She's the host of There Goes the Neighborhood for KPRW. Um, she asked us each as a kind of mic check question what we had for breakfast because we were really unfamiliar with talking on a mic. And so each, I got to listen to each person in the class give their breakfast for the day. And so it was just natural <laughs> for me to do it when I did the first right. interview. I just did what she had taught me to do. Oh, that's um, awesome. And we did, we did that for our first two seasons. You'll see in season four, which um, starts on January 14th. I don't know when this will air, but season four is, a, is hashtag enlightenment. It's a whole season of men. Season mm. three was a whole season of women. Um, we ask a different question. And then in season five, we, we ask a different icebreaker question. So you'll see. We're shaking it up. We're shaking it up.
0: Mm Nice. Nice.
2: And it always catches people off guard. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's such a good. Why are you asking me that? (laughs) (laughs) Breakfast. What do you want to know? Caught
1: me off guard.
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Chad looked at me like, wait, what? What? Jennifer's listening then. She is. Yeah, she is. (laughs)
3: Shout out to Jennifer.
2: So I don't.
3: Yeah. I
0: don't know if you guys have enough time to read, but I I want to ask you. You know, if, have there been any incredible books that you've read lately, or any movies that you've seen that have really touched you that you want to share with
2: our other listeners?
1: than love, actually. <laughs> 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 nice job, Charlie.
2: Well, right now, um, so I read a lot, but I read the books that our guests have written. Sure, and yeah. I, I read them as part of my research. And right now, um, I'm reading "Quit Like a Woman" oh. by Holly Whitaker. Okay. Um, she it was just interviewed in the New York Sunday Times and Time Magazine just did a big piece on her, and it's a she has a magazine called The Temper that I'm also a contributor for. Um, I it's saw a, it. Yeah, yeah, it's a recovery magazine, and she she's an amazing writer. I'm reading her book right now.
0: Oh, wonderful! Yeah,
2: and just just really quickly, we we see movies every single weekend, sometimes two a weekend, so. Are the one we loved the most? I think um, for the last couple of weeks was 1917. Like that really blew us away.
3: You I guys are silent.
2: No, yeah, I was like, I, I seen don't, it. I haven't even heard of it. it.
3: It was one of those ones I was absolutely like, oh great, another World War One movie. Yeah, I don't know mm, if I'm into okay. it. Yeah, um, and then I was just blown away by how they did it.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, oh, nice. it Sam out. Sam Mendes directed it. It's uh, one of those movies that's almost one single shot the whole film. Oh, wow. Um, okay. It's almost entirely in the trenches. Mm. And it sounds like it, I, it, it sounds would put terrible. me to sleep. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it's incredible. It really is. Yeah. Okay. It's really is it still like, in the theaters? Oh, yeah, yeah. It just came out. It just came out. It okay. just yeah. won
3: um, some Golden Globe Awards.
2: It won, yeah, he won Best Picture.
3: Best Picture, yeah. yeah.
2: So. Nice. So you
0: guys the, actually go to the theater to see movies. We go to the theater every weekend. It's one of our
3: non-negotiables.
2: Yeah.
0: That's wow. awesome. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good
2: for you. We have a few. We work out together. We play tennis together. We go to the movies. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Nice.
0: nice, No, no, no. No, tell us your list. Yeah. So you work out together. We go to the movies together. We play tennis together. Nice. Yeah. Uh Every week. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. I like that you have non-negotiables.
2: Yes. They're important for me. And Mm. Scotty just got out a book that he loves.
3: Oh, you were asking about books. I don't read as much as Laura, but... um... A book called "Proof of Heaven" uh, by Eben Alexander. It's been something that's been. It's a it's a journey of a person who has a near death experience and talks about it. It's a he's actually a neuroscientist. So, oh
0: wow, um, awesome! That sounds. Fabulous. It's a pretty.
3: It's old. It's old literature. We actually wanted to try to get him on the show.
2: Um, mm. I tried. Well, he's been do tough it. to get. Well, he's Make not here. Happen. We only because we only he? do our interviews in person. In person. He's uh-huh. he's just not anywhere near here. So right. It'll um, happen. It'll mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, it was a non starter, but it would have been great. I th-
0: I think that it'll happen.
2: Okay, <laughs> it's just gonna be. <laughs> Thank you. Road. We'll yeah. put it into the universe. <laughs>
0: yeah, you just you just put it out there, and it's gonna happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think anything is always possible if you want it bad enough, and I know you do, Laura. You're working on a book right now, aren't you? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you an want to?
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I know you're so busy finding the time it's, to write, but do you so want to talk hard.
2: about it? No, no, just
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm that, just kidding. That's totally
2: fair. Just really quickly, um, I'm working on a book that is about the um, the time that I filed for divorce um, to the time that my ex-husband left the house. And it's called The Opposite of Engaged, because that's, mm, great you know, when the... It is the opposite of being engaged is, you know, you're engaged to be divorced. Yeah. Um, and there was a a, a variety of things um, from me having grand mal withdrawal seizures um, in February of 2008 to meeting Scott in treatment in July of 2008 to getting sober to finding out about um, my friend dating my husband. Mm. Um, all that stuff happened in that very short period of time. So, right. um it is. It is a book about that. It was a book about a much longer period of my time before my life, rather before. So now I have to. I've taken everything apart and I'm redoing my book proposal. That's why you heard okay. me sigh. Oh, because <laughs> well, I. But it's going to be better. To see it. Yeah. Well, if
0: you have beta readers, I'd like to raise my hand. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So I, I think, think it's going to be
3: better. I think this time, this this in between time, she's discovering a lot about uh, mm. her writing and her journey. So. Memoirs. It happens for a reason. Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. Yeah, and memoir is so important right now, you know, telling our stories. I think that is part of how we can make people feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense for you to tell your story in a memoir format. So I'm excited to hear that.
2: Thank you. Me too.
0: Yeah, what are your goals for this year, you two? Like, what what do you hope to have accomplished at the end of 2020?
3: We should do our intentions right now. Yeah. Jeez, we just
0: started this
2: year. I know we just started, but I know they have goals because I know these two. Um, I have I have a few speaking engagements this year that I'm excited about. Um, Scott's twelve girlfriend when he was twelve has from University of Richmond has um, invited me to come and speak to the students at the University of Richmond and the faculty. Scott's oh, nice. going to come too and be a part of the Q and A. Awesome. Um, and then I'm going to be doing a panel at Podcast Movement called cool. "Getting Your Guest to Say Yes," mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yay. Yeah. Um, I am the opening keynote speaker for Shameless Mom Con, Mom Con in Seattle. Shout out to Sarah Dean, um, cool. who was a season three guest, and she she has a Shameless Mom um, Academy, which is her podcast. Um, and then I'm going to be coming down to you guys too and Yay, doing whatever April I'm doing 4th. with you, which is really exciting. Um, and I I would say that um, I would like to do more speaking engagements. That's one of my goals. I would really like to get that book proposal done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that our, one of our overall goals for the podcast, and you can Correct me on this, hun.
3: Very rarely
2: is that we would like to
3: <laughs> wise man. <laughs> I heard
1: that, I heard that one.
2: Um, be able to to bring in more stories rather than um, name recognition and um, followers, guests that mm-hmm. have just like incredible stories and not have to worry so much about who they are or how many people are following them, um, right. And that's something that we've been working on for a while, but we're not able to entirely let go of yet because we're still trying, like I said, trying to get the podcast off the ground in that deadlift. But um, if if we're able to, it would be amazing just to curate stories, just the stories that we want to hear. Mm
3: Awesome. I, I'm just trying to try, – my goal is to keep up with all that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall behind. No, I
3: would I would really um, – I think also we, we've talked a little bit about maybe trying um, another type of storytelling with a different style of podcast, um, maybe some true crime kind of ideas and just tell stories. I think we just Ooh. want to keep telling stories in a way that intrigue people and attract people. Um, I think um, the only one in the room is our baby, and we'd really like to find a way to – have it sustain itself, so we didn't have to. Uh, so we could be more, like like she said, create more content, um, go after stories, and not have to promote
2: um,
0: right
3: so much. Um, and have it, it takes have
2: a lot of energy, it. doesn't it? Yeah, takes a lot of resources. A lot of resources, and it's really it is. It's it's why I'm on my phone in bed at night instead of watching TV with him. I'm you know checking out social media to make sure I posted everything I'm supposed to post and. <laughs> You know, keep mm-hmm. keep the feeds going and like all that stuff. Yeah. It's it's not stuff I enjoy. That part I do not enjoy at all.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's like that um, necessary evil. Absolutely, keep it going. Yeah. Well, I I feel you on that one. Well, mm. I you know you guys do an incredible job though of staying connected with your audience on social and you know always communicating and putting it out there. So you know, hats off to to everything that you've accomplished. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much.
2: This has been so great.
0: I do want to let listeners know how they can find you, how they can find the podcast and how they can follow you on social. So if you can just give us some uh, some details real quick.
3: You know, the one thing about our podcast that you brought up during the interview, which I think is really cool, is that you can go into the library and pick out a story from any point of reference. And it can it's an evergreen library. It's like a a library of books where none of the stories get old. Um, And you can find all of those on our website at www.theonlyonepod.com. And that has all of Laura's information um, about her writing, her publications, um, uh, Mm -hmm. all the guest stories, and access to all the actual interviews on that that website.
2: And on Facebook, he's Scott Slaughter, and I'm Laura Cathcart-Robbins. I have a public page and a private page. And we have the only one, one in the room podcast page, and we have a Facebook group. Um, <laughs> which is really exciting. I'm trying to grow it to a thousand members. So whoever's Yay. listening, please, please ask to join the group. You only have to answer two questions, which is what do I call Scott on the podcast? That is hun, <laughs> hun. and um, list your favorite episode. And you're in nice. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Good That's for right, you. Honey. I'll, I'll, <laughs> thanks Ann. I'll
0: meet I'll meet all you listeners over there, yes, yes, please that's cool. well, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm honored, delighted, and just it's
2: been so much fun talking to both of you.
3: You're a wonderful interviewer you really are jennifer uh-huh. i'm
2: I'm super impressed both of you. and Chad, you're like the perfect kind of um sarcastic dry (laughs) inserts I knew
3: that's exactly what you were going to say
2: too (laughs) Uh No, it's You've been found out
3: I know that none of this would have happened
0: without you. That's right, Chad Mm -hmm. That is true Yes, So true. You know how true Most people don't We could have had a
3: whole (laughs) conversation about that, huh, Chad? Mm -hmm. The unknown hero The
0: only ones in the room That's
3: right
1: Are you an author with a story to tell, but you're just not sure how to get that
0: story out? Guess what? You don't have to do it alone. Marnie Friedman is an incredible writing coach. She offers personalized support and expertise to guide you from a kernel of an idea to completion. Visit MarnieFriedman.com to learn more. That's M-A-R-N-I-F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N.com
1: this episode is brought to you by monkey c media a small boutique design firm offering award-winning websites book cover designs book trailers and photography services
0: and full disclosure we love what we do chad and i founded monkey c media in 2004 and we're still going strong
1: visit monkey that's m-o-n-k-e-y the letter c media.com to see how we can help you promote your book build a powerful online presence
0: Mm -hmm. what else you got chad
1: uh let's see we've got the san diego writer festival san diego writers festival there are many writers (laughs) and they're a proud sponsor of our premise podcast as well
0: Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be awesome this year's keynote is scott gimple he's the head writer of the walking dead and the festival is free it's open to the public there's going to be educational panels and workshops famous authors up-and-coming authors, kids and teen programming, and live theater performances. Oh, and there's music. Oh, and there's food.
1: Oh, but wait, there's more. You also get a copy of our home game. Oh, you're silly.
0: But wait, there is more. There will be literary agents taking pitches from authors looking to get their books published. The festival is about building community and celebrating storytelling of all kinds. It's happening April 4th, 2020 at the Coronado Public Library.